0: Oh, goody, you found me. This is Let's Get Passionate and we are just about to get started. Welcome to Let's Get Passionate. I'm your host Emily Martin and today we're joined by Isabel Miller. We are talking about fertility and infertility.
1: Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good.
0: I haven't seen your face in like a year.
1: I know. It's been it feels like this last year has just been a write off. I haven't seen so many people. Yeah. And I feel like I'm missing out on so much. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Have you done like many video chats with friends and family?
1: Um, no, honestly, I don't really have, like, I have one friend in Chatham here that I see all the time Mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of it. And then I still see my parents, but I don't really have any family, like, spread out. Yeah. So it's convenient. Easy. I don't have a huge amount of people that I'm missing out on, but
0: (laughs) I don't miss a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, today we're talking about fertility and I would love to start by you telling me all about you and your husband, like how long you've been together, how you met, how long you've been married.
1: For sure. So, um Jeff and I met in uh, September of 2015. Um I went to Best Buy to get my laptop looked at and he gave me his number on a on a flyer and said big sale Thursday and we started going out and hit it off and we ended up um kind of, I guess, officially dating right away. And then, um, uh, in, so in August of the next year we got engaged. Um, so pretty quick, but it felt yeah. felt good and it felt right. And, um, we got married. Um, so we got engaged August, 2016, married November, 2017. And basically as soon as we got married, we, um, we went on a couple of trips we did some traveling and we were like, as soon as we're back, we want to start trying to have a baby. So, yeah. Um, you know, we were having a lot of fun and and really loving being in love, but we wanted to start a family really early on.
0: Yeah. So, so basically just right after you got married is when you started trying to conceive.
1: Yeah. So we technically, because of the whole Zika virus thing Ah. going on in Mexico and stuff, we were supposed to wait six months. Um, but we were never like, we had always Basically, since we had our wedding, we weren't not trying, but we were still yeah. trying to be careful just in case of the whole Zika thing. Yeah. Um, but technically, officially, we started trying in July of 2018.
0: Yeah. And so when did you notice that something may be off?
1: Um, I think I was trying to be super like hopeful and optimistic. And yeah. you know, everyone was always like, oh, don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Right. So I was just, you know, um, we tried for a few months and um I had a burst appendix when I was 11. Oh no. So I'd always have pain sort of in my lower belly pelvic area um and so I sort of thought maybe that I should get that looked at it was sort of separate from the fertility thing but we went and got a referral to uh, a specialist basically so we started trying July so August, September, October, November, December So about eight months after we started trying, we went and saw a specialist Mm -hmm. and this was not even
0: suspecting fertility being a problem. This was just for your appendix mix.
1: Um, but this, we thought, you know what, let's go and see if maybe there's a problem and then we'll go from there. Maybe it's connected to the pain or whatever. Yeah. So we went and I was just really overwhelmed. Um, the specialist was just like really Sort of, She's like, this is, we're going to do this procedure and this procedure and check your tubes and do all this. And I was really overwhelmed mm-hmm. and maybe I wasn't ready to like, look into the problems I was having, right. Yeah, but I basically had a meltdown at the appointment and she's like, you're not ready to have a baby. You have too much anxiety and you need to see a social worker. Oh no. And so I was immediately like turned off. I was, I said, I don't want to go to this person. I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, of course. So we kept trying for another few months um so that was in March and then in August we were like okay let's go back to our family doctor and get a referral to a real fertility specialist that I like going to um and I'd had a recommendation from a friend who had had good success with him uh so I went back to him or went to him not back to him and he was fantastic. Um, We did all the testing and everything and everything came back normal.
0: Hmm. So
1: that's when I was like, let's go and get my scar tissue looked at. I think that's causing my pain. So I sort of veered off from the infertility testing and over to this. So I went to a different doctor and we had surgery and he said, you have blocked tubes. So. Um, The scar tissue had basically covered my entire abdomen. My pelvis was wrapped around my organs. Like all of my reproductive organs were just squished together.
0: Oh my gosh. So
1: so he's like, that was definitely causing your pain. Um, Mm -hmm. Because nobody wants to do, you know, an exploratory surgery if they don't have to. But I really advocated for myself. Uh, I think it was a big deal to make sure that people knew I was in pain. Yeah. A lot of people just, they go to their doctor and they say, I'm in pain and I'm concerned. And they're like, oh, well you know, we don't want to do surgery on you. So that's too bad. So I basically made this doctor do surgery on me. And then, so I was diagnosed with a condition called hydrosalphynx, which is basically just where your tubes are filled with fluid Okay. and your egg just can't get to your uterus. Yeah. So we had tests done to test my tubes and they were clear according to those. But when Hmm. I had my surgery, they were like, your tubes were not okay. So they cleared
0: them. That's so interesting that the results would be normal.
1: Yeah. So they were like, you have a 30% chance of getting pregnant naturally. So they were like, try for a few months. And if you don't get pregnant, then we'll put you on the list for IVF. So government funded IVF. Yeah. And so that was in February of last year. We kept trying. And then in April, we called the doctor and we were like, we want to get on the IVF waiting list, which is a two to three year wait Mm. for government funded IVF.
0: Yeah. We were super
1: disappointed but we were like let's just keep trying maybe it'll happen
0: yeah and then and the more fun the better right
1: exactly so <laughs> trying and then if we don't see any improvement basically what my options were where i could was i could either keep trying and hope that it would work or have my tubes removed mm. so i ended up having my tubes removed in november okay um i was like, I don't want to wait anymore and we're going to pay for IVF ourselves. Mm. So we went into our savings and asked family and friends. We hated asking. We started a GoFundMe and we had to get $15,000. Yeah. So we managed to come up with the money. Um, So insurance only covered 2,500 of meds and it was $5,000 total for medication. Mm. Wow. Less than 10,000 for the treatment. So we started that. In January of this year, so last last month,
0: I was yeah.
1: like, is it January or March yet? Um,
0: it all so mixes yeah. together.
1: So we started IVF in January, and now we're sort of in the middle of it, um, and just in
0: the, in the middle of all the fun,
1: taking it day by day. Sorry, I sort of jumped from no, to that's perfect. That yeah.
0: That's okay. That's perfect. And that was like all that I was going to ask you anyways, like, what were your results? And you know, that kind of stuff. And so did you guys ever have Jeff tested? Like, was it ever a consideration yes. on his part?
1: So we had him tested twice the first time when we went to that first specialist, um, they tested him. And then again, um, at the new doctor and they said, everything's normal. Like okay. he has tons of sperm. They're all normal. Good yeah. quality. Like,
0: yeah.
1: It's speed, all that stuff. So we were like, that's easy. Yeah, um, get came out of the picture. Um, and I always had a feeling it was me hmm. which sucks. Like you really beat yourself up about it, right? You blame yourself even though you couldn't help it, and you for sure that you that you'd almost looked sooner, right? Um, but thankfully, you know, we found the answer. And so since we had yeah. our tubes removed, um, they said that the IVF has an eighty percent chance of success. Wow, um, which is really high. Yeah. So that's when we were like, let's just jump in and do it. Yeah. So we started in January. I had um injections uh two needles a day in my stomach for 10 days wow and then for the last 5 days i had a third injection and oh, wow. then two final injections on the last day um before they retrieved my eggs
0: wow and so are those hormone injections
1: yeah so they're hormone injections and then it's an injection to stop you from ovulating and then oh. your final um so they're basically to like they're like steroids for your eggs. They get them yeah. and, uh, <laughs> to be the and get. That's so funny. I know, right? And then, I've never really,
0: I've never really asked like what the shots are for.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they're yeah, it's just hormones. Like it made yeah. me cry a lot. I it wasn't miserable or anything. Thankfully, Aww. I was just really like emotional all the time. Yeah. And then the last shot they give you is called the trigger shot, which is basically what makes you basically thirty-six hours after your trigger shots when they can retrieve the eggs. That's so amazing. Like you ovulate, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: That was at like midnight. So they're like, you have to do it 36 hours. Exactly. So they gave me my time of my retrieval and then a time. So we had to, we stayed up till midnight and did it. Um, and that was on a Wednesday night. And then Mm. I had my retrieval on a Friday, which was end of January, I think.
0: Nice. That's so, that's so interesting. And so you don't have to describe the details of it, but is the retrieval done through your stomach or vaginally?
1: So, um, they go in vaginally and then they put a needle up into your cervix. Um, so they told me, so they sedate me with an IV, but they told me it wouldn't be painful and it was really, really painful for me. Oh
0: no. Um, Like the retrieval or... The The retreat, so them
1: taking the eggs out was really painful for me. Like, I could feel the needle going in.
0: Mm. I could
1: feel them taking the eggs out. Like, it just wasn't a pleasant experience for me, and I don't think most people have that. I just don't think the sedation they chose to use really was for me. Mm.
0: I wondered, too, if it was maybe, like, your scar tissue made, like, that extra level of pain.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, but, like, everyone I talked to was like, oh, my God, it's not painful. You, like, sometimes you get cramping the next day, but I was miserable. Like, I was begging them the whole time to sedate me more. Oh, wow. They said, no, sorry, we can't give you anything else. Yeah. So it wasn't great, but they ended up retrieving um, 12 eggs Yay. and uh, 11 of them fertilized. And then by the end, we had three healthy embryos. So wow. that's with genetic testing and, you know, making sure that they're all viable because basically with IVF, they want to make sure your eggs are as healthy as possible because yeah. it's so expensive. So of course, they do genetic testing, make sure that there won't be any extra chromosomes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really a, an in-depth process. Yeah. Thorough. They called us on day five and they were like, we have three and then they freeze them. So okay. They're frozen right now. And they stay frozen until you need them. Basically.
0: That's amazing. So when do you plan to use them?
1: so we are currently waiting for my next period so they said so originally I was supposed to go on the 19th for a shot but because I'm on a few different medications for anxiety they said we can't mix those meds with the medication we're supposed to give you okay we have to do it a little bit differently where you basically take an oral pill on your next cycle and then so it'll be about two weeks from now (gasps) that's so exciting yeah Um, Depending on whether I get my my cycle starts early or not. But yeah, you know, I never yeah. wanted my period to come early before.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> exciting. And so, what's the process then when you say, like, okay, my cycle came, I took this pill, and then yeah, what? So
1: they'll start me on a medication. I don't know how long it lasts, but I think I take it until my uterus is really thick. Yeah. Um, basically as if I was going to ovulate. Yeah. And then they put me on, a, they possibly put me on a shot to keep me from ovulating, um, depending on how my body's reacting. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as my lining is thick enough, they schedule the transfer.
0: Yeah. And so why do they not want you to naturally ov- ovulate? Like, we'll just get in the way of things.
1: Um, I think so. I think it's just all about control. I think True. it's just them being able to know exactly when they can do what they need to do. Um, yeah you know, making sure that your body doesn't, you know, shed the lining or anything like that. So it's all, it's all strategic. Um,
0: yeah. That's honestly incredible. People,
1: yeah. I don't ask a lot of questions. Cause I'm just like, tell me what to do. They sent me the calendar for my shots and everything. I was yeah. like, I don't want to think into it too much. So just tell me what to do and when to yeah. do
0: it. So You're the professionals. I trust you. So basically. that's, that's awesome that you got a good referral from a friend and then are having success with the same doctor. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, so you know what they're great, and the nice thing about this doctor too is they're not in a hospital like the mm. original one we referred to. Yeah, they're like a, a private clinic. Yeah, um, and it's really comfortable, and everyone's so friendly. And the nurses are amazing. Like everybody's really helpful. They have an attached pharmacy, so everything can be sent there first. Oh, perfect. Um, before I pick every like before my appointments, they can pre fill everything, and then it's like. Like if I don't need a whole box of meds, I just need like a couple of the meds. It's yeah. not getting it from Shoppers Drug Mart where you have to buy everything. You can buy just individual That's so cool. Meds. Doses,
0: yeah. So that's really cool too. Like from the COVID perspective of like, you want to be safe and healthy too. You don't really want to be going into the hospital right now. Yes. So that's like super convenient that they're their own private area.
1: Yes, no, it's been really nice And you know, it doesn't cost more than going to any other clinic. Um, yeah. It's just more intimate, and you know everything's just more comfortable. It's like going to, you know, like a private clinic versus going to the doctor, or going to the hospital, like where you're overwhelmed and there's so many mm-hmm. people you have to see, and yeah, you're just another number, you know.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's something I hadn't even thought about was the patient number versus a private clinic. Mm-hmm. Very, very different. So, what do you think has been like the most challenging part of this so far?
1: Um. I think the most challenging part's probably been staying optimistic. Mm. Um, you know, not taking it out on myself. Yeah. Um, I've been, I mean, I already struggle with a little bit of anxiety and depression.
0: Yeah. So this We've, has made it we've talked hard. about that personally a lot. Like you and I both have similar mm-hmm. experiences with that.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's hard, like you're already, you know, suffering with depression and then you find out that It's not your fault, but it's your body's fault that you can't make a baby and it's like the one thing we want, it's the one thing we've always wanted. Yeah. You're surrounded with people getting pregnant and it's that's really hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. I was just gonna say and then the additive anxiety is like you want to be in control of everything, right? And this is something so out of your control.
1: Yeah, and and you literally, you can't decide anything. It's all decided for you. Your medication, you're not controlling. Like you have to be at the doctors on certain days and it's like overwhelming. And Mm -hmm. it's just so easy to be hard on yourself and get down and like kind of get into a
0: rut. Mm -hmm. And And so, sorry, I was just going to (laughs) say like, how, how is that with you were working before and now you're not working is that like maybe covid related and not related to this or is it like um, so honestly, intensive that you just were like i can't even work while doing these appointments
1: well i was super miserable at my job i really wasn't enjoying it i um, okay. just um at a point where he's making enough money for both of us nice um and i knew i'd be because i was driving to windsor so an hour every morning mm. uh, or every two mornings so okay like three times a week
0: that's where the hospital is or the clinic rather.
1: Yeah. So I have okay. to drive an hour. So I'd have to be there between seven and eight usually
0: in, in the, the morning. morning. Oh and my gosh. I
1: have to two days for blood work and an ultrasound. Yeah. So like three blood pulls a week. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, your poor arms, your yes, poor belly. Was,
1: plus, you know, I'm getting belly injections. Yeah. So, so many needles, oh. so much blood, like, and then on top of that, I was like, I'm going to be, you know, being optimistic. I'm going to be pregnant anyway and leaving my job. So I was like, yeah. why would I stay at work when I'm not happy? I'm going to miss a shit ton of work anyway. It's a family business. So, yeah. So, I'm not know. making very much money. <laughs> I was only working part time. So, yeah. I was like, I'm going to stay home. I'm busy at home. I like being at home. Sounds kind of silly, but like, I'm no. basically a stay at home wife. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's so I'm funny.
1: So much fun. I love being at home and doing like household stuff. And yeah. it just takes so much stress off of me. Um, yeah. For, over the next few months and yeah, I'm trying to hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. But yeah, I mean, we've been disappointed every month for the last few years. So it's yeah, like, I might as well let myself be excited.
0: Yeah. That's so great. I'm glad. I'm glad you're feeling that way. And so how did you stay optimistic? You said the most, the most difficult thing or challenging thing was staying optimistic. How have you like, what has been like your anchor, or like something that you keep reminding yourself of?
1: Honestly, I think just having Jeff, like he's so like, I feel like a lot of men are like this, um, not to be, you know, gender stereotypical or whatever, so I feel like men just have an easier time separating themselves from their emotions. I do and, agree. And he's so good at just being like, you know, whatever happens, happens. Like it's mm-hmm. okay. Like, yeah. you know, if it doesn't work, we have the government funded one in a couple of years. We can True.
0: do yeah. one. Yeah. So you're <laughs> still on that wait list. Yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. Yes.
1: They were like, you could be on that wait list either for a second child or if this one doesn't work. Oh, so cool. So yeah, just having someone who's so grounded, like because I'm a, a very anxious and sort of overwhelmed person, he doesn't let me get out of control and like getting into my head. Yeah, um, It's just nice to have someone who's kind of the opposite of me, Yeah, very optimistic and positive yeah. and supportive. And it's just like, I can't imagine doing this alone. Yeah. You know, a lot of women go through IVF alone because they're yeah. single, they want to be mothers. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, Jeff did all my shots for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and is just always the voice of reason and very positive. And it, and it makes a huge difference to have a partner who's supportive. Yeah. Absolutely. Like optimistic too.
0: That's incredible. It's so funny that you're talking about like you and Jeff being so opposite because Nigel and I, honestly, like, are pretty close to opposite as well. I think over time, like we've kind of balanced each other. And I think that you and Jeff probably like are going to get to that as well. Or like, maybe you're already like seeing where you can calm down now. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, well before I couldn't calm down in this way. And so Mm -hmm. Nigel and I have like just met in this middle, which is so cool, but I'm still like, you know, that I'm the talker obviously. (laughs) And like, I'm the energetic one and he's just kind of like, okay, sure. Is this what's going on? Yep. Okay. That sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, sometimes he'll be too calm and I'm like, okay, well, you're not even responding and I just can't handle you. <laughs> right, I need you to be passionate. <laughs> yeah. Speak faster. Come on. <laughs> That's so funny. So what has been the most exciting part of all this? I, I can guess the answer, but I want you to say it
1: just having hope
0: you know? Yeah.
1: knowing that it's possible now and it, and it obviously wasn't before. Yeah knowing that, you know, we have options now and we have some control and just knowing that it might be our time. Like, you know, I hate when people always say, oh, just stop trying, you know, it'll be your time when it's your time. And I just don't think that- That's
0: That's not true for everybody.
1: It's not like, I feel like sometimes the timing is, is you. You're in control of your timing because if I hadn't advocated for myself and said something's wrong, I would have just been continuing to try and have unexplained infertility, which so right. many people have. Yeah. And one in four couples struggle with infertility, which wow. is really- you know, Significant, yeah. Not like how many people around you are struggling and nobody really talks about it. And yeah. I think that's why it's so important for me to share what I'm going through, even if only one person can relate, because you yeah. do have to seek help when you feel like there's something wrong. And I'm glad that I did that, but we're excited for- our future family, and yeah, you know, we're gonna be really hopeful that this is this is it for us, and that we'll get to start our family this year.
0: Yeah, I'm like gonna tear up thinking about like you going through all this and being a mom after. Oh my gosh, I'm just so happy for you. I'm so hopeful.
1: I, know, like, I feel like I'm like I've always been like confused about what my passion Ugh. is, and yeah. I
0: feel
1: like I'm meant to be a mom. And obviously, I've never been a mom before. Yeah,
0: but- you've been a kitty cat mom.
1: Yes. <laughs> have not been bothering me but <laughs> i just i'm so excited and i see babies cry on the internet and it makes me happy like yeah. i can't even imagine people yeah. are like oh it's a lot of work and i'm like i'm so excited i'm so excited yeah. and yeah overwhelmed i'm so excited to just have this new part of our family and have a miniature version of us i
0: know ah uh, i'm so excited sucks. for you Ah. Uh, so have you found this to be like a smooth process? Like in the beginning, you obviously met with that doctor who was just was not right for you or a social <laughs> worker, maybe like, I don't know what her title was, but she was in the wrong field. I think she
1: was the doctor. She was the fertility doctor. So it's no. like she, she was in the wrong and
0: that was rude, was
1: like, anxiety, which she wasn't recognizing. And yeah. she was assuming that I wasn't ready, but to accuse someone of not being ready to get, yeah, birth, like,
0: yeah. that's not her choice. <laughs> No, (laughs) you're here to get me pregnant. Not tell me if I can be (laughs) or should be rather. I'll talk to my therapist about that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. You just like touched on the expectations of motherhood in a way. And I'm actually going to be doing an episode with my friend right now um, who is experiencing like all the people telling her like, oh, you just weighed. And like, you know, oh, when I gave birth, I blah, blah, blah. And like Mm -hmm. talking about how like people overshare in a really ridiculous amount when it comes to like having kids and raising kids. And so that whole episode is going to be about standing up for yourself in a way that people know that they can't say that kind of stuff to you.
1: Yeah. Cause everyone's different and maybe yeah. it will be horrible and I'll be exhausted and overwhelmed and I'm going to hate it, but maybe I'll love it. So it's like, don't give me that. Let yeah. me decide because. Yeah.
0: And don't put those negative thoughts in your head.
1: Yeah. Babies, pregnancy, infertility, people love to give their two cents and it's mm. not always asked for or welcome. Yeah. Yeah. and people. Like my family has started to be like more aware that yeah. of what they say to me because yeah. it's a really sensitive subject and it's hard. It's like I'm going through a constant almost loss. Yeah, because I can't have what I want yeah. and what we're you know yearning for. And yeah. there's so many women who do go through you know miscarriage and loss and yeah. um and it's so hard and it is a very lonely thing. Mm-hmm. So for the most part I'd say to your question it was very smooth once we figured out what was going on. Yeah. In the beginning it was hard. It was rough. It was Yeah. very strenuous on a relationship too. Yeah. You know, being able to conceive and not knowing why and Yeah. just the stress inside of yourself taking that out on each other.
0: Yeah. And it's such a blessing too that Jeff's been so open to everything cuz you know like I don't know why necessarily, but some people just like want to naturally have a baby, you know, they don't want to adopt and they don't want to do medical Mm -hmm. treatments. And so like, that's just taking your reality of having a family further away from you. So it's just such a Mm -hmm. blessing that Jeff's been ready to do whatever he needs to do, whatever he can help you with. Like, that's incredible that he's there for you like that.
1: And I can't imagine doing it with anybody else. It would be, it would be so hard, but he's exactly who I need through this.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I'm so glad. And so you were talking about like the correct referrals were made for you, so that made it pretty smooth. And so from that referral, did you have to do any like self advocating, or were they just amazing and and believed you and just trusted and followed all your instincts that you were speaking with them about?
1: Yeah, they were pretty amazing. The only thing I had to advocate was, so I asked my doctor to remove my tubes because I thought they were blocked again. Yeah, and his wait. Weight- for surgery because of COVID was two years. So oh, he said, wow. like, remove your tubes for two years. Yep. So I got a referral back to the guy who cleared my tubes. Yeah. So I advocated and said, I said, I want you to call him because yep. he's seen them before. He knows who I am. I said, yep. call him again and see if I can get him. And he did it in two weeks.
0: That's amazing.
1: So in that sense, like my doctor was willing to do what I wanted, but just he couldn't do it fast enough. So yeah. I by saying, me someone else
0: give me a referral. He, yeah.
1: Yeah, He's like, I'm happy to send you up there. Cause the guy yeah. who did that surgery was actually his teacher. Oh, cool. They're both infertility doctors. Yeah. Um, just mentor guy, and right. mentee. Yeah. So this guy does a little bit more in the, um, sort of surgical. Field. Yeah. But, so that was great. So I'm yeah. glad that made them kind of reach out to that doctor. Cause otherwise we would still be waiting.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I'm so glad you just like followed your instinct of being like, nope, mm-hmm. next find me something better. Yeah, new
1: doctor, a different doctor, get yeah. me somebody
0: who can help me. Yeah. So what have you learned from all of this? Um, the value of patience. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Not to,
1: you know, um, not to blame yourself and beat yourself up. And you know, there's so many things that go through your head when you're struggling to get pregnant when it comes to the blame game and mm-hmm. making yourself feel really guilty even though it's not your fault but you almost want to blame yourself because it's easier than having nobody to blame yeah so you know just learning to be patient with myself and kind to myself and giving myself a break when I have bad days and patience and self-love and self-care and yeah you know, not beating yourself up when you you know eat crap or you don't work out or you yeah or a week or a month to yourself because it's hard and it's overwhelming
0: yeah and so do they give you some sort of nutritional information or recommendations or like you're just kind of continuing on as normal like whatever your fitness level is or active level is and then food or do they make recommendations for that too no it
1: was basically it was very um Like they didn't recommend anything. I mean, obviously I'm trying to be healthy just from the perspective of being pregnant, but um, I do struggle with the motivation and self, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just not self-control, but just motivating myself and- Mm -hmm.
0: Discipline? um,
1: Yeah. Self-discipline I do struggle with, um, but I feel like eating healthy and working out is important, but so is, you know, forgiving yourself for not- Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah especially with the winter and COVID and everything, it's like hard to motivate yourself. So I'm just trying to do my best. And as I listen to Jeff heat chips, I
0: I was going to say the couch in a blankie is where I'm at. So you're good.
1: (laughs) I think that's okay. I think it's okay to, uh, to to forgive yourself. Yeah.
0: And indulge in the indulge in the hibernation of winter. Mm -hmm. I love it.
1: Yes. That and frequent trips to winters.
0: (laughs) Have they opened back up in your area? Yeah. Oh, you're so lucky.
1: Yeah. There's like no cases here except for a bunch of people in a home. And I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why we're in the red zone. Cause
0: yeah. You're almost so, in the clear.
1: Nobody has it, but it's like, so it's frustrating. ongoing.
0: Yeah. So what do you want others to know? Like, what do you want someone to take away from this?
1: Um, that it's okay to seek help, even if you think it's too early.
0: You know, they say
1: Just try for a year right. if you're like trying the way you're supposed to and you know when you ovulate and you know when you got to do the do and all these other things it's like sometimes you know like I went after a few months because I was like something's not right yeah and um you need to be you know strong and tough and Advocate for yourself and go to your doctor and say, "I want help." But because it's, you know, a lot of times, if you ask, that's all you have to do is just ask. Yeah. If people are willing to help. Yeah. But no one's going to offer help if you're not willing to to reach out for it. And yeah. Don't be scared to share it with people in your life. People, huh. especially people who have the need to ask when you're having children or why you're not having children, or tell you just to wait. And it's like I had to start telling people like I literally have no fallopian tubes. Yeah. So. The timing, it's not on my side. I don't get to just wait and yeah. see if So uh-huh. it's like, don't be scared to stick up for yourself and tell people to mind their own. Yeah. People can be cruel without realizing that they are. Yeah. Like I've only comment on a post once and they're like, what are your babies? When are you going to have babies? And it's like, that's when we just found out that we couldn't have a child.
0: Naturally. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Don't be scared to just ignore those comments or reply to those comments and say, I'm not. With the truth. Yeah. But- Yeah, ask for help. You know, I'm in therapy because it's so overwhelming. Yeah. And sometimes you just need someone to talk to and don't be embarrassed about that. And, you know, find other people online and in the world that you can relate to. Yeah. And like I'm in Facebook support groups. Good. Lots of women who are trying to conceive or are experiencing loss. Yeah. And it's really important to seek out um, similar people and groups and support.
0: Yeah. Have you been reading any good books during this?
1: I've started reading a few books, but honestly, if anything, it's more just like positive affirmations and gratitude and reading, you know, books about, I have a couple of books that are like, you know, simple ways to be happy and self-care and living with intention. So it's like even just those little things and, and giving yourself permission to take care of yourself. Um, Like there's lots of books out there on infertility, but it's hard. Yeah. because we know what's wrong with me.
0: Yeah, it's not
1: unexplained, so there's not a whole lot. Like a lot of the books are like how to, you know, increase your fertility and Uh, all these things, which don't apply to us. Yeah, but um, definitely, I the the biggest thing I have is lots of people on Instagram that also are struggling.
0: Yeah, so finding your community.
1: Yeah, make you feel like you're not alone.
0: Yeah, you're doing the right thing by protecting your mental health too. Like you're reading books to stay strong in your mind, to stay hopeful. Like you were saying. So, no matter what kind of book you're reading, if it's helping, that's perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All I really want is for people to know that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to struggle and that you yeah. don't have to struggle.
0: Yeah. And I really do think that what you've said has a lot of value that, like, don't be afraid to respond to someone with the truth of what's going on. Like, why? Oh, what are you going to have babies? Um, well, I'm in the middle of IVF right now. Like, I think the more that that's said rather than ignored or shied away from, like the more aware people are going to become and hopefully a lot more respectful questions will be asked in the future.
1: Yes. And I also think it's really important when it go going back to my referrals is don't, you don't have to settle on the first doctor you see.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, at, go online. Like I'm in one of the groups I'm in is just based in Ontario. And there's a lot of people that are like, which clinic has um, less wait times for government funded IVF and that kind of stuff. So it's like, do your research, find someone that you're comfortable with. Like, this is someone you have to like, this is a clinic you have to spend a lot of time with. If you end up having to go forward with treatment or, um, you know, IVF or anything like that. So find someone that you're comfortable, that makes you feel safe because you are not obligated to go with that first doctor that made you feel like crap.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you said that. That's important. It's been a really valuable conversation. I hope that this does reach someone. But I did also want to say, like you said, even if one person listens to it and they can relate to it, I think that people who can't relate to this are going to benefit from it for the awareness. And hopefully as well, like being more respectful and thoughtful when approaching any couple of mature age. Right.
1: Yeah, really. Honestly, the biggest advice I could give you is don't ask people. Don't ask people when they're having children. Don't ask people, you know, if they're struggling, don't tell people that it's, you know, all, Going to happen in time and things like that. Like, just be sensitive and assume yeah. that someone is struggling.
0: Yeah, if they yeah. want to talk
1: to you about it and they're not struggling or they just started trying or they're pregnant or whatever, that's great. Yeah. but don't assume that somebody wants that your advice. Don't tell people they're too young or yeah.
0: senior. Yeah,
1: because I don't care if I'm eighteen or forty. If I want a baby, that's not your business. That's yeah. you can supportive or you can mind your own business. Like yeah, it's super important to assume. That people like if someone wants to talk about their infertility, they'll they'll talk to you about it. I share it. I've shared before, and I share on Instagram and stuff. So it's like, don't don't pressure people to feel like they have to talk to you about their yeah or their trying to conceive journey.
0: Yeah, and it's so relevant to just like women who don't want to have babies, also, right? Like, like my sister is five years older than me, so she's thirty three and has been with a man for a really long time and they don't have kids and like I wonder how often she gets asked but like yeah some people like like, I'll have a baby if I want to have a baby
1: especially in this society where there's a lot more independence and people just kind of exploring you know being on their own and it's like don't assume someone should be or would be having kids like yeah I didn't want kids before I met Jeff
0: yeah you know, I have
1: your baby at the conference for now yeah <laughs> like now <laughs> now i'm super baby fevered so does he so oh my cute. gosh he like yeah. wasn't really excited before like he was just like let's see what happens but now he's like super excited always uh-huh. sending baby videos on tiktok
0: <laughs> <laughs> were you holding georgia or brooke georgia okay i brought both to different conferences so it's like
1: was the uh pr- toronto Miss- the one. The Miss- oh yeah. One, yeah yeah
0: oh so cool yeah and now she's two and a half in a nutcase.
1: Kind of crazy, right? Yeah. The time was, even me, I was like, oh my God, we have to wait till March to do our transfer. And it's almost March.
0: I know it's wild. Well, I seriously cannot wait for your post that you're pregnant. I, I am you know, so excited for that for you.
1: I know. I'm so excited. I don't know how I'm going to keep it a secret. For yeah. But that's the other thing is like, how do I share on Instagram that I have a transfer date? Because then it's like, I'm going to have the transfer date and not be able to <laughs> tell people whether it worked or not yeah 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 like if I don't post that it didn't work then people are going to assume it did and then yeah so I think I'm yeah the transfer date in the dark but as soon as I am in the clearer to announce I will be telling everyone I see on the street so yeah
0: yeah you're gonna have a megaphone
1: yes I'm pregnant
0: (laughs) they're like whoa okay congratulations
1: (laughs) $15,000 It works,
0: yeah, yeah, it will work. I hope so, too. Every
1: single time that you need to to do a cycle, so yeah,
0: incredible, right?
1: Some people do it every month until it works.
0: Wow,
1: like 15,000 a month, yeah, isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, and so once you get the government funded, um, or if you choose to do that still when it comes up, um, once you get that IVF from government funding, can you do it a second time from government funding, or is it only once? Only once
1: and it doesn't mm. cover med, So it's still 5,000 out of pocket.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really stupid. It's a stupid world we live in. The fact that we don't get infertility healthcare. So yeah. Stupid. Coverage. Yeah. We don't get it. Cause it's yeah. like one in four couples are struggling and it's like, it's why true. Is like it?
0: Yeah. I think there needs to be a lot that changes to the healthcare system because there's so much more need for mental health and a lot less is covered just from the way that used to be.
1: Yes. Yeah, no. We need more mental health coverage, more infertility coverage, more like even in the states. Like I know paternal leave is oh yeah, and you don't get anything. And giving birth in the states is so expensive. And we just live in a weird world where our priorities. I know. Up, I think.
0: Yeah, I can't speak to the truth of this number, but I heard one time that it costs like twenty grand to just have baby, have a baby in the hospital at the expensive. states.
1: There was a girl in the states who had triplets. Her triplets had to be um admitted for like three weeks and I think the cost for each baby was 1.3 million before insurance
0: that's insane yeah
1: it's like tens of thousands of dollars just to push out a baby yeah Yeah, even with insurance she ended up paying like 65 grand out of pocket to have a baby to have triplets
0: my goodness and like that makes me think about that TV show like 16 and pregnant. Like how are these 16-year-olds having babies? Like do you just like have a credit system associated to your name for the rest of your life? Like what's going on?
1: I have no idea, but I'm glad for giving birth. I'm not going to be in the states.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank God. For many reasons I don't want to be in the states to have a baby.
1: That is doesn't suck is that we can give birth for free. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Thank you Canada. Yes that's so funny. So I will wrap it up here. Thank you so much for sharing. This is going to be very huge and really helpful for anybody who needs to hear it or just needs to be more respectful in the future.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I'm glad that you uh, asked me to chat about it. And if you need anything else or any more info or anything, I'm happy to, to give that to you. So
0: thank you. Yeah. Do you want to throw to like your Instagram for people to follow your journey if they want. Um, I have a I have a separate Instagram. Oh,
1: where I kind of talk about body positivity and infertility and stuff. People cool. To to follow that.
0: Yeah, what's the name of that one?
1: Ah, uh, so it's squeeze the day and day has two Y's because for some reason okay. there's somebody in the world with the one I want and I <laughs> Instagram. So it's squeeze the day with two Y's on the end of day. Yeah.
0: Cool. Okay. Sweet. Well, I will go follow that too because I didn't even know you had that one.
1: Yeah. I'm not super active on it. I'm more active when I'm like in treatment and stuff, but True.
0: yeah. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for coming on. Perfect. Thank you so much. See ya. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you learned something new. Hit follow or subscribe to get my weekly episode and add me online. It's let's get passionate on both Facebook and Instagram. Have a beautiful day.